Hey guys, welcome to Big Church Online. We are so excited that you've joined us today. If you're looking for any sermons or words of encouragement, you've come to the right place. While you're here, please subscribe, like, comment, share. That way you can stay up to date and help others find it as well. Now, let's get this week's sermon in progress. But uh, we've had a good time over the last uh, several weeks talking about the life of David and how he applies to our lives. But I just want to go on. This is the continuance of the story. But David was wronged by Saul. Saul was the king. And, and Saul spoke evil against him. Every time he turned around, he was chasing him. He was trying to kill him. And David had every right and every reason to hate Saul. He had every right and every reason to want to be angry with him and want revenge. And listen, on two times, two occasions, two times, he had Saul right where he wanted him. I mean, he literally had him in a cave, and he went over and took a, a piece off of his cloth and went and, and off of his robe and said, "Hey, listen, I could have killed you, but I didn't." He had every right to do that. And another time, he sent his men in, and they they put the spear right next to Saul's head. And he shouted out and said, listen, I could, have had, I could have killed you. I could have done everything. I could have taken the revenge on how bad you've been to me, but I chose to have mercy on you. Listen, today we're going to see the F word in church. Y'all ready? Listen, all y'all. What F word are y'all thinking about? Freedom is a good one. There you go. But this morning, I want to talk about the F word of forgiveness. The F word of unforgiveness in this world. Uh, forgiveness and unforgiveness can also be giants in our life. How many of you, the last, when we had the cross out here, and everybody put their, uh, their things underneath it, that one of the biggest things was how do I forgive? And how can I forgive someone else? And how can I forgive myself? So I really wanted to talk about unforgiveness. And there's another story in the Bible. If you've been around here, you'll know that this is my favorite story in the world. It's the story of the prodigal son. You all know that story? If you've been coming to church here, you've probably heard it 33 times. You're going to hear it 34. That was Jesus' birthday. But there's another story that talks about the Bible, that talks about forgiveness of the father and when he was coming back. But the summary of the story is the young son came to the father and said, listen, I want my inheritance. I want it now. I don't want to wait to Pretty much he was saying, dad, I wish you would die so I could have what is coming to me. So the dad gave it to him, and he went off into a far land. He went off into a distant country, and he spoiled it. He wasted it. Oh, I ain't going to tell you. He, he partied like a rock star. And he gave him the money, and he wasted it. And what he did, he ended up in the pig pen. He ended up uh, feeding the pigs. And this is a, a boy that came from a fluent family. He came from a rich family. And this was something he wasn't used to doing. But he ended up, the Bible says, it says he came to himself. Sometimes there's a place where only the bottom can bring you up to the place where you can see where you need to see. The Bible said in that place, he came to himself and he said, man, my father's, they even have steak. They're eating steak tonight. Here I am eating hog slop. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to tell my father, I am sorry. I've sinned against you. I've made a mistake. This is not what I wanted. I'm going back home. And we all know the story, if we don't, the father who was waiting for the son to come back, he was looked afar off, and as the son was coming, he met him, he greeted him, he loved him, and you know what he did? He forgave him. He had every right to say, no, no, you, go on back, you need to learn more of your lesson, but no, he didn't do that because the father was about forgiveness. 
Not only did that, he, he made a big feast and a big party for him. But today I want to talk to you about that's what happened to the younger son. But the story doesn't end there. Today we're going to talk about the other son. We're going to talk about the older brother and what unforgiveness can look like in your life. Look at Luke 15. It says this. Can I have my water, please? Meanwhile, the older son was in the field working. And when he returned home, he heard the music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants what was going on. They said, your brother is back, he was told. And your father has killed the fatted calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. Here, this, the, this older brother was working hard in the fields. He was tired. He was hot. He was probably hangry. Anybody get hangry in the house this morning? Nobody. Here's what it is. The, his mind started going. Nobody told me about this party that's going on. Really, he should have been happy because his brother came back. He should have been saying, welcome home, brother. I really missed you. But here is where unforgiveness creeps in. His thoughts what were his thoughts when he was walking towards the house and he saw a party going on for this little brother? He was probably saying, that dude wasted half of dad's money. He wasted half of my money. He went into town. He made us all, oh, come on. You got to know where this was going. He made us all look like fools because the way he was acting in town. He wasted his life. And listen, I've always been cleaning up his mess. All of a sudden, unforgiveness started churning around in his mind. Verse 28 says, the older brother was angry and he wouldn't go in. And his father came out and begged him. He was trying to get him to come into the party. The father said, please, will you come in? But what does the house represent? The house represents relationship. It represents fellowship, presence. And that's what God wants ultimately for all of us. But here he was sitting outside and he would not go in. This morning, I'm going to ask you to open your hearts. I'm going to ask you to open your minds to what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you. Because sometimes unforgiveness can keep you outside of the house. Come on. What I just said, and we're not talking about the church building. I'm talking about the presence of God. If unforgiveness grips hold of you and grabs hold of you, sometimes it keeps you in the from being in the place that God wants you to be. Unforgiveness can set up a root of bitterness. Come on. This has been going on a long time. This didn't just happen. He was probably mad at this younger brother for years and years and years. And what it did, it set up a root of bitterness towards him. He was jealous of him. Ah, he's a young brother. He always, come on, anybody, the baby of the family, didn't you always get everything you wanted? I remember, I'm, I'm, I'm my age. And my sister is a lot younger than me. I remember getting a call from college and my mom saying, I'm pregnant. I said, that's good, mom. I thought you had cancer because she was sick for about two months. My sister came along and listen, she, listen, I, I meant to I said that wrong. I got, my mom had been sick for like three, two or three months and I thought the worst, I thought she was calling me that she had found cancer and she said, no, I'm 44 years old and I'm pregnant. I said, mom, you know how that happens. Anyway. <laughs> So my little sister came along and, you know, there was that big age difference. She got cars. She got to play travel ball all the time. She got to do everything. And I was telling dad one time, I said, how come? He said, well, we didn't have any money back when we had you other four. <laughs> but, you know, 
it set up, a, uh, in his mind, it set up a little bit of resentment all the way from the beginning. It set up anger too. And like, you don't know, because people start thinking about anger, you don't know what they did to me. The first thing that goes through your mind, you don't realize what's happened to me and how they treated me. How do you know if you, don't, if you have unforgiveness? Look at Luke 15, 29. But he replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. Listen to the tone. And in all that time, you never gave me one young goat for a feast with my friends. You didn't do what you're do, do, doing for him, for me, and I've been here the whole time. Unforgiveness does this. It always keeps score. All these years, all this time, you never gave me anything. I remember when the disciples came to Jesus and said, how many times should we forgive? Seven? And Jesus said, no, I'm about to blow your mind. He said, you are about to give 70 times. You mean 77 times I got to forgive somebody? But we start asking the question, did I get the math wrong? I mean, yeah. It's the allergy medicine, I promise. I did not pass math in school, so I'm sorry. Okay, I'm going on. But listen to me. Forgiveness is not about keeping score. It's about losing count. If God kept score, you would never measure up. If God kept score, you, you wouldn't even be sitting here today because guess what? You've got so many tally marks against you. You've got so many things that said you shouldn't be sitting here today. If he kept score, you wouldn't be here today. How many times have you been forgiven? So many times when we start talking about unforgiveness and forgiving other people, we forget where we were. And so many times people want to say, well, you know this and you know that and you did that. they did this and that. Said, don't you remember a few years ago when you struggled with the same thing? Oh, help me, Jesus, this morning. How many times have you been forgiven and God keeps pursuing after us? Listen, he said the, the other brother was outside. God, the father, who was God in this story, took the time to go outside and have a talk with him. What does that tell us about God? That tells us that God longs for relationship with us. That's why he sent Jesus. Listen, the relationship was broken because of sin in life. We could not get to the father. We needed Jesus as our advocate because the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of eternal life, that is what comes in Jesus Christ. We needed someone to pay our debt. He canceled our debt. Have you ever went to any store and the Declined your credit card. What's the first thing you do? Oh, there, there must be something wrong. Obviously, that can't be me. You know, that's, my credit is good. Can you try that again? We start getting so defensive. But I can tell you this much right now. Jesus came to cancel that debt and not make you have to worry about your debt anymore. Because, because if we hadn't have come, if he hadn't have been the advocate, we, get, we would have no possible way to get to the Father. He canceled it. He wiped the slate clean. So if he can wipe the slate clean, can't we do something to wipe the slate clean with someone else? Come on, there's already somebody in your mind right now, and we're going to, not, we're going to talk about this at the end. There's already somebody in your mind like, 
I've been holding a tally mark against them. And I'm not diminishing things that happen in life at all. But sometimes those tally marks are for stupid things. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. The, the, the dumb things that you're mad at somebody about that you can actually let go of. Listen, there's the big things and there's those things right now that we can just let go of today. Unforgiveness always brags about its record or works. It always brings about a righteous or a self-righteous spirit. Look what I've done all these many years, Dad. Look what I did. He said, I've been serving you. I've been slaving. I've always done everything you wanted me to do. I never complained. I'm good. And he's not. Look at Luke 18. It says, two men went up to the temple to pray. One of them was a Pharisee, and the other was a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus, saying to himself, God, I thank you, listen, that I am not like the other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all my possessions. And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but he beat on his chest saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Look what he did, and look who I am. Unforgiveness always does that. Unforgiveness always complains. What have you done for me? You never threw a party for me. You never gave me a goat. You never gave me anything, uh, uh, anything like that. Doing works for the wrong reason is what this son was doing in the house. Unforgiveness always divides and it separates. Look at verse 30. But it says, this is the older brother talking. But as soon as this son, come on, I got a dog. And every time that dog makes a, it makes, does something wrong, he's my dog. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? This dog of yours just chewed up. He just peed everywhere. He says this. But as soon as this son of yours came home, this and yours, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf. Listen, so many times we want to write people off and so many times they're in our own family. Listen, I've seen families be torn apart by unforgiveness of something that happened years ago. And again, some of the things that, that have happened may not even be significant or insignificant, but we've held on to those things so long that it's got a root of bitterness and now we can't see past what we need to see past. Unforgiveness is where judgment rears, rears its ugly head. Matthew 7 says this, do not judge others and you will not be judged. So if you don't judge anyone, you're not gonna get judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. And the standard you use in judgment is the stand standard by which you're going to be judged. That ought to scare the crap out of some people. I said crap in church. I'm in trouble. But that ought to scare you because we are so judgmental. We are so always pointing the finger and, and doing this. And Jesus said, if you do that, you're going to be judged by the same standard. Unforgiveness accuses and exposes. He says, look, if that dude did nothing but devour your, uh, his livelihood, our money with harlots, they always bring up the past. 
We love to tell everything. You've been around the gossiping people that love to just tell everything, right? Come on, y'all got, he's probably sitting right next to you right now, right? <laughs> Some of y'all said, yep. But I mean, so many times we're looking to find all the negativity so that it makes us feel better. We're always trying to tell the story to me and bring someone else down because when we bring someone else down, it makes us feel a little bit better. He tells them, he's saying, you know what? The brother was probably saying it serves him right that he had to get in the pig pen. He deserves it. They're always jealous whenever someone else gets blessed. Or, you ever been around family members? Man, they're just like, I can't stand him. Why? Because he works 40 hours a week and he makes a living? Come on, you know what I'm talking about? When someone gets blessed, Cain and Abel, as a matter of fact, you know, they both had a, a way of, of, of worshiping God, but Cain was jealous of his brother all of the time. We got people in our family that we're jealous of that are really not doing anything wrong. We're just jealous because we're not where they are. We have to be able to forgive and move forward. Look at Mark 11. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. That your father in heaven may also forgive you of your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father in heaven forgive you of your trespasses. That's the Bible. That's not me. Unforgiveness is like a cancer. It's not, you're not aware of it at first. It just kind of creeps in and, and it spreads to all parts of you after a while. And here it is. Unforgiveness sometimes only hurts you. They may have already moved on. They ain't even thinking about what you're mad about. Come on, there's some people out there right now that you're mad at right now and they don't even know why you're mad at them anymore. Rich, I was uh, listening to Rich Wilkerson, and he said this. He says, I hate you, but it's killing me. There is hate that's built up inside of us that, that's not hurting the other person. It's hurting you. It's what you carry every day into, into your work day and into your everyday life, and you wonder why you can't get away from it. Well, listen, they've already moved past it. It's time for you to move past it. And listen, pastor, you don't know what I've been through. I'm not saying forgiveness is easy, but it's something that could be killing you inside. Holding a grudge, I saw this, is like letting someone live rent-free in your head. Come on, I'm going to say that again. Holding a grudge is like letting someone live rent-free in your head. Listen, they've moved on, and you're still letting them abide right here. When you withhold forgiveness, you end up being the one controlled. You end up being the one that's angry all the time. And listen, refusing to forgive someone damages your spirit. It damages your soul. It damages your emotions. It damages every part of you because you can't let it go. Biggest thing, it keeps you away from God. Verse 31, and he said to him, son, you've always been with me. And all that I have is yours. Everything that you see around you, he left, but it was always yours. You could, you could have done with it anything you wanted to. But what's in the house? We have to understand the house is safety, security. 
It's peace, it's joy, it's love, it's acceptance, it's forgiveness. And here's the thing, his biggest problem is he didn't realize he was living with the Father the whole time. So many times we forget who God is in our lives, that he's there for us each and every day. And even when you go to a far country, even when you go to a place that you you don't think you can come out of, he's there. Come on back. Come on back. Even this ungrateful son, he went out to, he left the party to go out looking for him because he was worthy of looking for. He forgot that he already had the position and he already was identified as what? A son. The younger brother wasted the money. The older brother wasted the relationship. Listen, you can be in the house and still be separated from God. Listen, the other brother worked hard. He was faithful to tending those fields and he followed all of the rules. And, you know, he may have never left the house, but he was as lost as that younger brother was. And he was still in the house. Unforgiveness is keeping you from going in to the house and into the party. How do you respond by hurt? No, how you respond to hurt determines your future. Future. Hold on. How you respond to hurt determines your future. It had already set up anger with him. It had already set up bitterness and resentment and jealousy. And you ask the question, why should I forgive? Let's read the Bible. Since God's Colossians 3.12, since God chose you to be holy people, he's talking about us, he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy. You got to be kind. You have to show humility, gentleness, and patience. That's a rough one. Some of y'all are already thinking, I don't, I don't know how I can talk to them. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Why should I forgive? Verse 32. It was right. This is the dad talking. It was right that we should make merry and be glad. For your brother was dead. Oh, and he's alive again. He was lost and he was found. Sometimes you should just forgive because it's the right thing to do. Listen. If you're not able to change a situation, then attempt to change the way you respond to it. That is good. I'm going to say it again. If you're not able to change a situation, then attempt to change the way you respond to it. There are some things that you cannot change in your life. You've tried. Maybe it's with other people. But maybe, maybe how you respond to it. Just like Pastor Minnie said a couple weeks ago, there was a, there was a, a time when she had to respond to it. And, she, and years ago, she would have responded a different way. She responded differently to it, and it changed the whole situation. There is something out there right now. If you'll just change the way you respond to it, it'll change the way everything is, too. Listen, here's the thing. We know Jesus. They may not. You have to take into consideration when people have wronged you, You've come out of that lifestyle. You have been saved. Jesus is is on the throne of your life. He's not on theirs anymore. So you need to take the consideration that they don't know Jesus. 
We got to be the light. Just like the younger brother, God is calling you back home. And like the older brother, the father is calling you back into the house. And listen, forgiveness is not easy. Maybe easy to say from your mouth, but it's harder to do from your heart. So how do I forgive? Listen, if you're waiting for the day when you feel like forgiving, <laughs> you're probably never gonna get to that day. Because what I say, you live by your feelings, you're gonna be in trouble all the time. Because you know why? The pain is deep, the wounds are raw, the scars are visible, and when you think about it, it produces nothing but negative thoughts when you think about it. The act, listen to this, the act of forgiveness is a decision. It's not an easy one. It's not a quick one, but it's a decision nonetheless. Because it's a decision, it's within our power to choose. So we must choose to forgive. So how do we forgive? Luke 6, 28. Oh, you're going to love this one. Bless those who curse you. This is Jesus talking on the Sermon on the Mount. And pray for those who despitefully use you. Oh, no. Huh. Heck no. I'm not praying for them. They don't deserve to be prayed for. Jesus is saying, bless them to curse you. Pray for those who talk bad about you. And you know what that happens? After a while, you start to get a release. That doesn't... Jesus said a lot of things that really didn't make a lot of sense. You know, I'm sure the disciples were up there going, what is this dude talking about half the time? If you slap me on one cheek, I must as well turn my other one and let you smack me again. It's not what Jesus said. He said, we're going to have patience. We have to have tenderness. We have to have kindness towards each other. Listen, taking the pain to God caused by people can start your healing process. You can start the process. Worship team, you can come. Sorry, I didn't give you a cue. You can start the healing process and also start the process of release. This is the one right here that we have the hardest time. We have it so clenched fist in our mind, right? We, we're holding on to it so tight. And God says, it, and he's, there's been times when the Holy Spirit's been trying to pry your hands off of that thing, right? And he does it so well. Before too long, when you start praying for people, when you start bringing them before the Lord, when you start saying, God bless them, I don't, I don't really like them, but can you bless them, Lord? God, can you just do something different in their life? You're going to start seeing your hand is going to start opening up. You're going to start looking at them a little bit differently than you did before. Listen, I'm not saying you'll ever forget, but there is a time you can forgive. It's your release. It may not be their release but you got to get rid of it. You may never get the answers that you want, but at least you can be released. You may never get somebody in here is waiting for, I'm sorry. You may never get that. Somebody in here is waiting for, I should have never done that. You may never get that, but God is calling you this morning for a release of your own self and not them. And listen, talking about families, I was just talking to somebody last week. You don't know when may be your last opportunity to speak to someone too. I know that sounds pretty chilling. Life is short. You never know. I think that 
it would behoove you to get the release you're looking for. Sometimes you just gotta make that phone call. Sometimes you gotta send that text that you don't wanna send or that email. Someone I was talking to a few weeks ago sent a letter about something been going on for like four years. He wrote the letter out, he mailed it, and he said, when I mailed that letter, I felt release. And he said, guess what? I was the one that was wrong. I was the one that messed up. But I know when I sent that letter out, whether they read it or not, I'm released from that. Come on. Sometimes you just gotta do the thing God's called asking you to do to get the release that you really need in your life. You gotta choose to release and you gotta choose to forgive. Let's all stand if we would, please. Ultimately, the story in Luke 15 isn't about two sons who disobeyed. It was really about a, it was really about a father who loved them unconditionally. One went off and made a fool of himself and did all kinds of bad things in the world. The other one stayed home, did what he thought was right, but they were both loved unconditionally. You may be here today and maybe you've never been in the Father's house. Maybe you've been standing outside the door and you've been knocking, I don't really know how to get in there, but let me tell you what you do. The first step is you need to be adopted into his family. And listen, what that looks like, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how long you've been out running. It doesn't matter anything that you've done in your past. The Father is there with open arms this morning. Maybe you've never accepted that love. You just come into the Father's house by admitting, saying, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm gonna make it simple for you this morning. This is the simple part, walking it out's the hard part. Jesus, I'm a sinner. Come on, Get, let's all bow our heads. I'm a sinner this morning, but I need a savior. I need you to come into my life and do for me what I cannot do for myself. I need you to change my life. I need you to forgive me of my sins. I admit that you are the Son of God. And I thank you so much for dying on that cross, for taking my place, for canceling my debt because I couldn't pay it. Thank you that you died for my forgiveness. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, there's a welcome home card there. And if you wanna check off the box that you've gave your life to Christ and take it to the welcome bar, we wanna give your next steps back. We don't want you to do life alone. We want you to know that there is a next step to this process. But there's also another step that you can take. It's to the altar. The prayer team is gonna be on the left and the right here. If you need to pray for anything, they're gonna be here for you. So this morning too, altar call number two, we're gonna release some things this morning. As they get ready to sing this song, I don't want it just to be another song that ends another service and, and gets us out of here at whatever time we get out of here. I want the today to be a day of release. 
Come on, if you've been holding something for so long, take a step out and come on together around this altar right now. Come on, that should be probably half the church right now. But let's give it to God and say, God, I've been trying to fix this for so long and I can't do it. God, they, they did something so bad to me that I just can't quite let go of it. God said this morning, I want you to release that. Even, oh, even if it's tight-fisted, even if it, he has, he's trying to pry your fingers open, begin that release process. So this morning, as they get ready to sing, when it's all together around here, we're gonna pray that there's a release in the building this morning. Thank you for joining us today. If you're looking for more information or resources, you can visit mybigchurch.com or follow us on social media at mybigchurch. We love you guys. See you soon.